This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome. Thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, CEO of Agrinovis Indiana. And this is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. Agronomy, the science of soil management and crop production, is critical to advancing the profitability, sustainability, and durability of modern agriculture. However, science alone is not enough. An emerging ag tech company is combining that science with technology and people to create the next generation of precision crop production. And the company's CEO joins us today. Welcome Advanced Agrolytics CEO, Kay Kinker. Kay, welcome back to Ag Bioscience. Thanks, Mitch. Pleasure to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you, Kay. Advanced Agrolytics doing some amazing work, incredible emerging ag tech company just hit a giant milestone, over 1 million acres of farmland served. Before we get into all the momentum, all the innovation you're leading, we have to learn more about UK. Share more about your journey from an undergrad in mathematics to leading an ag tech company. Yeah, I'd like to tell you the career was all intentional from that undergrad in <laughs> mathematics, but it, it wasn't. I was blessed with a lot of different opportunities along the way, but I did a master's in mathematics after that and started at the Dow Chemical Company as a math modeler. And in that role, developed models of physical systems. And those models were mechanistic, meaning sets of differential equations that modeled change over time. Oh, sure. And the parameters in those models had physical chemical meaning. So you could measure them and do model validation and so forth. I give you that detail because it really fast forwards into advanced agrolytics today and one of the differentiations that we have. But so I stayed with Dow Chemical for nearly 30 years, 29.6 as a mathematician to be exact. (laughs) And um, what really made me stick there was one of the first applications that I worked on was modeling the Ouse Estuary in Kings Lynn, England. And the decision that was being made in the company was whether or not it was risk averse or acceptable to formulate a product in that vicinity. And... Part of that risk assessment and model building was to say, even though the risk of an of a adverse uh, effect of spill would be very minimal, what happens in the wash of the North Sea is it's one of the prime um, shrimp grounds. Brown shrimp oh. is harvested there. And even though the active ingredient was not toxic to brown shrimp, unless they were molting, if they didn't have their skin on. Mm-hmm. And because of that risk, the company opted not to formulate the product there. And it was just like, wow, as a young employee, very impressionable. It was impactive. And the company made a wise decision, even though the risk was very small. So that's what um, kept me there. And many of the applications like that one that I worked on were for agriculture. And uh, then when Dow Alenka was formed between Dow Dow and Lilly, I just stayed with that JV for, for the duration. Um, after that, I retired in 16, worked for a small gene editing company in California, and then got a call to join Advanced Agrolytics, got an offer. And because of the mechanistic approach that we model what's going on in that farm, I said, wow, it's like coming full circle. And yeah. that's what brought me here. Well, it's a fascinating story, Kay, and you are incredibly humble. The work that you led at Dow Alanco, Dow AgriScience, member of the management team, leadership team, just an incredible, incredible leader in ag tech. If you don't know Kay, you need to know Kay. Uh, and we look at sort of this broader ag bioscience economy, and I want to dig down into production agriculture. For folks that don't know, field agronomists, the folks who are actually walking the crops, identifying disease, recommending crop care, it's a generation's old job. I mean, this is a job that has to be done. Your team is taking that and adding technology to it to really turn human-powered process into one that's augmented with technology, with mathematics. 
Share more about what advanced agrolytics actually does. And to your point earlier, why is it different? Yeah, one of our key differentiating factors goes back to the mechanistic modeling, which is we work to understand environment first. And I don't mean environment like the 110-day maturity hybrid. I mean environment at a more, much more granular level. So again, I liken this to personalized medicine. If you think of a farmer's field and subdivide that field into components that are packed together, mm -hmm. think of those as individual people. Well, every one of those components or people has a different dietary need, a different metabolism, et cetera, a different baseline health. So we work first to understand that subacre environment, diagnose what the baseline health is, and then prescribe that nutritional plan or diet plan sure. for that part of the acre so it has optimal health. And again, I liken it to, let's say that field of people want to learn to run a marathon. You got some like yourself that are already runners and you might be able to run a marathon tomorrow, but other individuals or components in that field, it's going to take them years to build up that type of strength and endurance to run a marathon. Same thing here. So we diagnose at the subacre level and we prescribe to that subacre level through our uh, proprietary digital capabilities. And then our agronomists work hand in hand with that grower year on year to help that um, acre achieve optimal productivity. Okay, it's incredible. And it's it's working. I mean, this idea of this isn't just a bench scale idea. I mean, you have recently achieved a major milestone, a giant milestone in ag tech surpassing 1 million acres served. For those that don't know, give us some context to what that number actually means and give us a sense for what's driving growth. Yeah, the context part, we started at 150,000 acres at the end of, or beginning of 2020. And in January of 2023, we surpassed the million acres. It's incredible. And yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful milestone, regardless of a company's product or service, it, it is significant. We generally don't publicize our acre um, penetration, but this was so significant for our customers, for our people, et cetera, that we did. What got us to that growth? It's really what I said before. It's understanding that sub-acre environment. To put it in context too, we've got an over 90% customer retention rate, and that tells you what the growers are seeing year on year. Our footprint has expanded to eight states during that time. Wow. Um, granted, we're still more concentrated in the I states, um, but what's also cool in that growth is that our grower testimonials are becoming stronger and stronger component of the marketing. Um, and then lastly, in that growth, it doesn't happen without an exceptional team. Right. Exceptional customers are talked about staying with us and our team has grown fivefold since we start, since that three-year journey. And that's in all different roles, not just those field agronomists uh, out with the growers, but also back office, finance, HR, training, sales leadership, et cetera, data, engineering, data science. So it's been a really exciting growth story all the way around, customer facing as well as um, in the office. Okay. It's so exciting because when you look at ag bioscience, I think it's for young people, for parents who are listening, teachers who are listening, those who influence young people, it's not often clear if you're a data scientist, if you're a finance major, you're studying you know, to be an HR leader. It's not always clear that you can be a part of this economy. And the work that you're leaning at Advanced Agrolytics is a giant exclamation mark on, hey, this place is open for everyone. Come. Absolutely. That's it's just it's so good. It is absolutely incredible. It, when when you look at the production agriculture ecosystem and maybe even the broader economy, we continue to be challenged with supply chain disruptions, with inflation. 
How are you seeing farmers using the technology, using the team at Advanced Agrolytics to drive yield, drive profitability in a really tough economy? Yeah. <clears throat> As I said a moment ago, our customer retention rate is over 90%. And that speaks to the year on year, whether a good year or a really challenging year that, that growers are finding with us. And I, I really like our vision tagline, which is unlocking the, the potential of every acre. Mm. A lot of times in challenging times, growers will say, I don't want to invest any money in that part of the field because it doesn't yield. Well, we really mean what we say, unlocking the potential of every acre, and including the at-risk acre. That at-risk acre may change year on year. Sure. One year that at-risk acre may be that um, a saturated acre. The next year, if it's a dry year, it might be that high part of the acre. But we focus on every acre every year. And that's particularly important in downtimes, whether that's commodity prices or high input prices, because you've got to squeeze everything you can out of that precious land asset. The other thing that growers find and uh, we are proud of is that we're we're unbiased, we're, we're brand agnostic. So we will work with the grower with what they have, what they are used to, what they need. We might suggest that they use an early season fungicide, but we won't recommend what one necessarily, unless they ask, but sure. and generally we stay very brand agnostic in that. I think that's pretty unique. When we look at the broader ag bioscience economy, certainly when we look at field agronomy, to have a neutral third party walking the field, using technology to say, hey, look, it doesn't, you get a pick, Mr. or Mrs. Farmer, uh, but here's what we recommend. Yeah. And one of the things that growers also enjoy about us, we, why, by working with them year on year, we really re we increase the stability of that farm output sure. so that they don't have to deal with the yo-yo impact year on year, depending on the, the changes. And that brings them peace of mind uh, and decreasing that uncertainty. I want to zoom out a bit, Kay, from Advanced Agrolytics. You are a 30-plus year veteran of the ag bioscience economy. Again, an incredible leader at, at Dow AgroSciences. Give us a sense for those innovators, those entrepreneurs, those students who are, who are just now entering this ag bioscience economy. Give us an idea. What's the rate of adoption that you're seeing of technology by farmers today? And how has that, that really changed over your career? Yeah. One thing I'd say first, the first part of your question is, you know, I never dreamed about being an ag. I didn't grow up in a farm. And because of these applications that I worked on, that's what drew me to ag. But but even more importantly, staying with it for during that 35-year duration, food and ag is one of the only industries, probably medicine, but only industries that touches every human on the planet. It is an absolute necessity. And to 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 spend one's career doing that, it's been an honor. And I hope it's, the honor's not over yet. But um, yeah, one of my, on, on rate of change, one of my favorite charts, Mitch, is the corn yield chart since the, say the last almost 80 years, where that rate of production change is largely due to the adoption of technologies, whether that's going from open pollinated to hybrid, to mechanization, to fertilizer, to crop input protection chemicals, to biotechnology. All of that, you can see those step changes in yield, and that is due to the adoption of technology. Uh, it, it, and it's not just about tech. It's about showing the grower real value that they can realize by adopting this. So it's not just a cool new widget. It's got to have tangible value to them consistently, sustainably. As for the future and adoption, you know, any technology adoption, whether in this industry or another one, it always follows a curve. Now, the mean of the curve may change over time and as society gets more advanced, 
but it's always, I think it was the book Crossing the Chasm. There are always those entrepreneurs, and then there's the early adapters, then there's the big chasm. And unless you can get enough pull, it's not gonna make it. So crossing it. And then you've got your middle adapters and finding your late adapters or laggards. I don't see that distribution changing. It may turn into from normal to a gamma, but it it's still going to follow that course because we're human, human nature, we've got different types of folks. So I, I see whatever technology comes down the fold for that technology adoption curve to remain. Now, you've done an amazing job at this, at Advanced Agrolytics, of really cutting through the clutter. And I think as we look at a lot of emerging ag tech companies, lots of claims being made of this many yield gain or this many bushels per acre gain, as you, as you look at this, cutting through that crowded market, cutting through sort of all the noise, what advice can you share, both from the Dow AgroSciences world and now at Advanced Agrolytics? How can you cut through the clutter? If you're a young startup, how can you cut through the clutter and really gain traction in this market? I would split that into two parts. For that ag bioscience entrepreneur that's truly doing a startup, I would say some things, versus a scale-up. Let's hear it. Let's hear both. So from the the startup perspective, I would say it's the basics. You got to have a product that either meets an unmet, addresses an unmet need or does a better job of meeting a need that is already being addressed. Cheaper, better, faster, whatever. And you've got to have a a product that uh, works that you can make for less than you're charging for it. You got customers that are willing to pay. And so those are the basics, but as a a startup, those have to be checked. The scale up is a different story. It takes takes a different skill set to scale to be a sustainably profitable business. A lot of back office jobs that the the startup entrepreneur might not realize that are really critical to scale and run. You have to introduce process. You have to introduce standards because you can't scale with that um, specificity or uniqueness to, in fact, one of our strategic anchors is scalable customization. Part of our offering to growers is customizing for his farm, those unique people that comprise his farm, but you still got to be able to scale that. So with our proprietary digital technology behind the scenes, that's where we gain that scale and can still tailor for that grower's farm. So the scale up, you got to have leadership skills. You've got to have training, people. You got to have money to scale. We're enjoying the investment of Payne Schwartz Partners right now. And uh, that's what's been enabling us to grow as we turn turn this corner on on, uh, scale. You've got to have an intentional focus on culture. And the other saying is that you can you can train on aptitude, you can't train on attitude. So true. So the emotional makeup, behavioral makeup of the people we hire is absolutely a, an attribute we look we look for in hiring. And then of course you, you have to have a clear value proposition to to scale. And we've been able to demonstrate our impact, as I mentioned earlier, year on year for our growers, resulting in good customer attention. And then lastly, in this scale journey, you can't be afraid to pivot. We have mm. learned, and that might not be drastic, different business model, but the subtleties, the people that we, the, the the makeup, the profile of person that we thought was key for the field when we started ended up being important, but not the only thing. A lot of times, very deeply trained agronomists want to go practice agronomy. They don't want to go sell to a grower. Well, you got to get the acre before you can service the acre. So pivoting and learning what types of skill sets are going to help us be most successful out there in the field was really key. So those are some differences, I'd say, from the startup perspective to 
what does it take to scale up? Communicate, communicate, communicate is the other thing. When you're when you're a startup, you got five guys in a garage or gals in right. whatever, right. and you can finish each other's sentences. We're now 150 people big, and you have to have formal communication mechanisms to make sure alignment. And that data scientist that's working out of his home or her home certainly can see, how do I fit into the bigger picture? What am I doing day to day that's affecting that grower's profitability and success? Leadership matters. Does. I mean, leadership matters. Setting vision, being intentional about culture, being intentional about communication. Yet you have to have a product behind it. You have to have clear differentiation. But the idea of leadership matters, Kay. You, you, what a great example. Great example. With one million acres now served, this is our last question, Kay. You got a million acres now served. I know you're not going to give me a forecast on on what, what the end of this year looks like. But what's next? What's ahead for advanced agrolytics? The first is to continually effectively service those customers in that million acres um, to continue that customer retention. But then, of course, it is to grow. And, and as I said before, I love our vision tagline. The whole thing is delivering on the promise of precision agriculture by unlocking the potential of every acre. There's a lot of precision ag companies out there. There have been for years, right. but very, and, and unfortunately, um, many haven't delivered. And so it's painted a not an ideal picture of precision ag in the grower's mind. So overcoming that hurdle has been a challenge, but we're, we're getting there. And why? Because the product works repeatedly, consistently, demonstrably year over year for that grower. So continuing that growth is a simple way to say it. But also um, that tagline fits not just our grower direct business model, but also the ag ingenuity partners. That's our research division where we work with other companies, clients to help them because of our environmental understanding and the mechanisms by which products work in, the, in that environment. We help them better place and position their products. And then our third business model, B2B, would enable some of those business clients to tap into our digital tools to help them help their growers be more successful. So I expect that, that to continue in our outlook. One of the other things that we didn't talk about here is sustainability. Yeah, Our company is just that. It How we approach that is founded on sustainability practices. Think about it, with true precision ag, we instruct the grower, advise them to place product where it's needed and don't place it where it's not. It's better for the economics, better for the environment, et cetera. We just finished our 2022 assessment of our nitrogen use efficiency versus the industry average. Our nitrogen use efficiency conservatively is 0.9 units of nitrogen per bushel of corn. The industry average is 1.1. You wow. do that math on 1 million acres, it's, it's incredible. So what do I see for the future of advanced ag? Bringing this more and more to the forefront and for, to life. We are a data company and that data is key uh, to to bring that message to life. So that's what I see. I haven't mentioned it all here, but it's one of the differentiations too of advanced agrolytics, and that's around our intellectual property portfolio. And one of those um, is called Variety Profile Index, which is just coming to um, to the market. But it's a way of characterizing seed varieties, bean varieties in this case, and optimally placing those, given our understanding of the environment, 
of which ones are going to work best in this type of environment versus this wow. type. And you think of the power for that for a seed company mm -hmm. to change their breeding protocols and their testing protocols, let alone the placement of commercial products already on the market. So the sky's the limit for advanced agrolytics. Very excited to be here and great to be part of telling the story. Oh my gosh, Kay, I, I have goosebumps. I feel like we just buckled up and getting ready to jump on a roller coaster. It is so good to be with you. She is Kay Kinker, CEO of Advanced Agrolytics. Hey, thanks for being us with us on Ag Bioscience. Thanks, Mitch. And thank you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library and give us a review. Don't forget, you can always learn more online at agronovisindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovis team, I'm Mitch Frazier. Sam, thanks for listening. I look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com.